You're listening to the Southampton Delivery Podcast, a podcast dedicated to the Southampton Football Club and all of the SFC fans. If you want to have guarantees, you have to buy a washing machine. We don't lose a match, either we win or we learn. And today we learned. Infield to Mane, 25 yards out. Lovely ball for Pella. Onside! 1 0! Blue foul shot! Oh my word! He ran around a bit like Bambi on ice. It was very, very embarrassing to watch. And now, your host, Matt Markstone. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Southampton Delivery Podcast, a podcast and newsletter dedicated to the Southampton Football Club and all of the SFC fans. And available right here on SouthamptonDelivery.com. My name is Matt Markson. I am the host of the show. And no matter where you are, no matter how you may be listening, whether this is your first time or you've been here before, thanks for making the show part of your day. I hope that you enjoy it. And I hope that you enjoyed most of what you saw on Saturday when Saints took on Spurs in the fourth round of the FA Cup. And of course, it finished 1-1 at St. Mary's, which means uh, a replay in just a week and a half at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium and another trip to London for uh, last week's guest, Carl Anker. But uh, it wasn't the worst of matches. Uh, From the team selection to uh, the play on the pitch, I think for the most part, uh, everybody had a decent game, maybe save the VAR officials. But we'll get to that a little bit later. And um, if you were not watching the game on TV like I was, you were actually at the stadium, uh, you may have actually heard, uh, even if you didn't see, uh, this week's guest, who is Dan from Saints Brass. And uh, Dan is is the guy that kind of, uh, he's never on camera for Saints Brass because he's the guy shooting all of the video. Uh, he kind of puts it all together. And, and he's here this week to chat about uh, what Saints Brass is, where it comes from, uh, what role they play with the club, and then uh, kind of what they do in each, each and every match day. So uh, if you've ever been around the front of St. Mary's or around St. Mary's on a match day, uh, you've probably heard them uh, welcoming people in. And if you were interested in uh, following along what they're doing on social media and everything else and staying up to date with everything they have going on, uh, they even made match of the day this week, uh, as you uh, you may very well know or not know. I don't know. Uh, but you can follow them on social media at Saints Brass on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Uh, and you can visit the website at saintsbrass.com where you can find a free download of Oh When the Saints uh, performed by none other than uh, Saints Brass because having it there performed by somebody else would just be weird. Um, so you can do that. Uh, you may hear a little bit of it uh, if you pay attention throughout this episode. So uh, anyway, uh, special thanks to Dan for joining me. I'm really looking forward to sharing our conversation with you. And I should say that, that Dan and I spoke on Sunday evening, uh, UK time, uh, just before the news broke that uh, Kobe Bryant, uh, who was obviously uh, a basketball player, not uh, anybody associated with Saints, but um, he passed away in a, tragically in a helicopter accident uh, with one of his children. And, um, you know, I'm not a, a huge basketball fan, but, but Kobe Bryant, more probably than any other basketball player uh, from my lifetime, uh, kind of defined kind of what basketball was was all about and what sport was all about and what competing um, was all about. And um, 
where I live in California means that the the Lakers are basically the the hometown team. They're as close as any team is, and so there a lot of Laker fans in my family and things like that. Uh, one of the biggest ones was my grandma, who I lived with for a large portion of my life, and I can remember sitting uh, with her most evenings, either watching the Dodgers or watching the Lakers. Um, you know, her cursing under her breath uh, if they lost a playoff game or or whatever. But um, you know, she. There's there's something about Kobe Bryant that whether I like basketball or not, I will always kind of look at the way he approached the game, and um, that uh, it just it, it, it's some motivation. It, it was a way to go about your life, and I think that uh, that's something we can take no matter whether we're basketball fans or or whatever. Uh, it's just a reminder that life um, is short, and there are very few things that we can control, and maybe just a, a reminder to enjoy the things that we that we do have. Um, and, uh, and to make the most of things and, uh, something that was tweeted by Billy Sharp earlier, uh, on Sunday, uh, I, I have here in front of me. And I, I think it, it, it kind of speaks to, to what Kobe is. And he, it's a quote from Kobe. Uh, and it says just, uh, I made a choice when I was 13 that when people watch me play, I want them to leave the gym saying they had just seen a kid who gave everything he had, who had natural abilities, but played as if he was the 12th guy on the roster. If I can be remembered as a person who squeezed every ounce of juice out of this orange that he could. I'd be happy with that. And uh, I think more than anything, I think that says uh, a lot about who Kobe Bryant is, uh, who he was, and uh, what he uh, what he brought to a lot of people. So, um, so not to not to bring the mood down or anything like that, but this is a, a moment I think that that transcends uh, the, the sport boundaries and things like that. And uh, whether you know some some people may not care to hear about it, but that that uh, it's close to home. So uh, there we go. So uh, anyway, we'll, we'll we'll get back to the Saints talk now, and uh, we'll jump into my conversation with Dan from Saints Brass. Who um, I just have to say, I really really enjoyed the conversation. There's so many things I wanted to ask him. Just, uh, I find musicians to be fascinating. Um, that people for the most part, I enjoy music very much and uh, it was a pleasure to talk to him and uh, both on and off the record and just have a, a really good time. So uh, I hope you enjoy the show. Uh, we'll talk to you on the other side. And uh, once again, thanks for listening and uh, we'll talk to you soon. We'd like to welcome to the Southampton Delivery Podcast, Dan from Saints Brass. You can find him on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, at Saints Brass. You can go to their website at saintsbrass.com. And mostly you can just see them outside on match days out in front of St. Mary's. So, Dan, welcome to the show, and thanks so much for giving me some time to, to, to talk today. Hey, Matt. Thanks for having me. Really cool being here. So, I, I mean, I have a lot of questions for you, and I, I, I see the the band out front of the stadium and stuff on match days, kind of bringing it in no matter the weather or whatever. And you guys seem to be out there kind of setting the, the tone and the mood and everything. And I have lots of questions about that and then talk about the team and, and everything else. But um, can I just very quickly for people that may not know, and I'm one of them, uh, just a, a brief history of Saints Brass and kind of where the idea came from and, and, and how long it's been around. Of course. Well, I mean, uh, you touched on two major things there. One is the weather, which is like, that's the one thing that, We've some, certainly learned how to deal with. Um, we, maybe we'll come back to that later on, but I'm telling you right now, if there's one thing that the band now know about, it's the weather. We've played in <laughs> sideways rain. We've played in like snow. We've played in minus two. We've played when it's so hot, we're sweating all the time. So yeah, <laughs> 13 people getting roasted is great fun. But anyway, um, yeah, so, so Saints Brass. I mean, basically... It's a collaboration between the club and uh, local session musicians. So about four years ago, we've been doing this for four years now, which is, you know, I still can't believe it. 
Um, we got, I got someone, a friend of mine from the club uh, gave me a call and said they were looking to get hold of a band um, to go out front on match days. And, uh, you know, I, I'm sure we'll talk about this later on, but I've been going to Saints since I was young, um, very young actually, probably about 30 odd years now, 35. Oh, I'm getting old. <laughs> and uh, I'm also a professional musician. So my name came out quite quickly when they wanted to put a band together, um, not least because I play a brass instrument. Mm-hmm. And uh, I play saxophone, by the way. And uh, yeah, so the, one of the things that I wanted to do was was um, make sure we had like, so we had a lot of conversations with them. And one of the things I wanted to do was make sure there was some sort of tradition, um, like a thread with what used to happen. Because when I first started going to the Dell in the 80s, there was always brass bands. There was like a New Orleans one when I first started going, okay. which, um, which was very much like what we do. Um, and then there was also, also this great band called the Albion Brass Band, which, which was like, it was a proper brass band and we, we're not, we're not in their league of proper brass band this. Okay. And so the idea was to kind of develop a, just something for the fans really before the games, those, those guys are all kind of traveling around the stadium, um, especially for the youngsters as well and families and kind of, you know, have a, have a bit of music going on. And I wanted to make sure we gave like the traditional stuff a nod while still keeping the foot in the present as well. Yeah. So it gives us, um, so we, so the whole thing was getting some really, and also, and I can't stress this enough. One of the things I really wanted to do as well was to use, um, as much, as many Southampton musicians as possible, people associated with it. So you have that feeling that the whole thing has a communal vibe to it. And it's not just kind of buying in. Um, and then, I mean, we play loads of tunes. We play stuff that's, that's only can only be found in Southampton. So tunes like Walston Ferry, which is an ode to the old uh, ferry that we used to go across the uh, the Itching River, which is a, a chain ferry, um, which before they built the bridge was the only way you could get across. And it's it's one of these great songs of you know local folk songs. Okay, a tune called Great to Be Back in Southampton, which is you know basically it's, it's like another it's another song about <laughs> Well, how you know, lots of places in Southampton. We we cover artists who are associated with Southampton. So you know, we do some Craig David, for instance, and some Artful Dodger, and uh, yeah, I mean, we you know, it's kind of tenuous things like we do a bit of Coldplay because Will, the drummer from Coldplay, is from Southampton, uh-huh. and then we just do other crazy stuff. I mean, dance music. We do some you know, all sorts of things. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, that's that's that was the vibe, and it was very much a collaborative thing. Um, it still is, to be honest. It's nice, nice to chat to the club and work it out. But we're, we're independent of the club, so yeah. Okay. But yeah, I have yeah. a little bit, of, a few questions on that. But um, go on. You mentioned that you played saxophone, uh, and and I guess when, how far back do you go with music? When you mentioned you were also a professional musician, so like, did you start playing yeah. as a kid, or did you pick it up kind of later, or how long has music been a part of your life? Oh, oh so I'm, I've never had a real job, really. I've, I've always been a musician, so um, you know. Uh, I mean, gosh, that's a great question. I, I suppose I, I got, got into it seriously around about 14, 15, um, which for some kids is quite late, you know, but I, until then I was convinced I was going to be a footballer like all young kids are. Yeah. And then realized, you know, actually I wasn't that good. So, <laughs> so yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, so, so I just really enjoyed it. I mean, you know, I, I started playing professionally as in taking money for gigs when I was about 16 17 you know i'm quite young straight out of school um and yeah and i was i was lucky enough to grow up in a 
I grew up in Southampton and moved moved away for a bit, and I'm back again. And I was lucky enough to grow up in a on a music scene in in, in the city, which which did include people like Craig David and, and people like that. And the city was really buzzing around back then. And um, so so I you know I was I was lucky enough to work with these guys and see them. And so so yeah, you know I, I often think with music, it's a lot of it. I mean, you have to be obviously you have to work hard and be good, but quite often there's a lot of luck involved and. I suppose I suppose it's not dissimilar to football in some ways. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah, yeah, that, yeah. That's me. There's there's a there's a there's a hard work and a, and a talent element to it, but there's also like yeah, sure. the, the you have to get discovered, you have to get some breaks and and all that. You know, I know I know really exactly. good musicians who play forever and and never, you know, never get discovered. I also know that there are guys that I play football with that are that are really really good that just never play right. anywhere other than at the park, and that's just kind of how their life worked out. So so it's, right. I, I think it's awesome that you get you had the opportunity and you, and you took it. I mean, you're you're doing oh, well, it. I'm, I, I'm very, very grateful that, that, you know, that I do it. It's not, I never, ever take it for granted. So, you know, it's one of those things. Yeah. When people, uh, when people, you know, talk to me, I, I try never to complain about my vacation time as a teacher. Like it's one of those things I understand. <laughs> like I'm very, very fortunate. So, uh, you won't hear me complaining, um, very often unless it's just to myself and, and then hopefully nobody hears, but, um, yeah. So, uh, can I ask why, why the saxophone? Why, why did you choose that? Or, or did that kind of fall to you in some way or how did it, it was, was, I mean, it, it Long story short, is it was probably my my parents who, who decided I was younger than. I mean, I had I had the sax for a long time, but I really started playing properly for yeah when I got a bit you know halfway through um, secondary school. Okay. So so yeah, I mean no, I, I wish I could tell a story about it. it's the fact I wanted to look cool and yeah whatever attract the other yeah. girl, you know attract well, girlfriends. It's a sexy. It, it, it wasn't yeah yeah you know you find this stuff out. I just just like the sound really. So yeah, oh, that's perfect. <laughs> To, to be honest, um, I mean, I started off playing jazz anyway, which is, whilst I love it, probably um, has the opposite effect in most people. So, <laughs> <laughs> so you say, you know, no, it's, it was cool. It's great fun. It's, it is a cool instrument as well. It's actually, uh, I probably get shot by every sax player, um, but it's actually very easy to play. So, so yeah, go ahead and buy one and you'll, you'll find it fairly straightforward. Right. <laughs> yeah, I think, uh, I think I tried to play a trumpet one time. It didn't really work out. Um, oh, that's difficult. Yeah, trumpet is difficult. I think yeah, and then uh, every kid in in at school here at a certain age plays a recorder, which I don't even think is a real music. That's right, man. That's where I came from. Yeah, that's so. That's like that's like music academy. Yeah, you we, we have <laughs> under twenty threes recorder. <laughs> we have two right over here. Uh, from both kids have one. So that do they touch? Oh, it? right. No, no. Um, <laughs> but anyway, um, and so as uh, Saints Brass, the, the club kind of wanted to get this thing going, and, and your name came up. Um, I yeah. guess, how did you come about, uh, finding other people to, to take part? You said you wanted it to be, um, you know, people who had a connection to the club and, and are, or at yeah. least a connection to Southampton. So did you find it difficult to, to get musicians together or were people pretty eager to, to take part? Well, I mean, to be honest, it, it was fairly straightforward because, um, I mean, I've, I've, I've been about the block musically, so I've done quite a lot of stuff in my career. And, um, so I have lots of connections and one of the things I, I do a lot of is, uh, support um, youth music and youth organizations and stuff like that as much as I can. So I kind of had a mixture of like young up and coming people and like established people as well. And uh, certainly helping younger professionals get their foot in the door. So, so um, when we first started up, the, the band was actually quite young, um, kind of musically speaking. Okay. But, um, but yeah, I mean, it, no, no problems at all. And, and, you know, as I said, most of them all had a, reason to be there because they were either Southampton based or, you know, there's, you know, we've got a couple of, well, quite a few fans in the band. So we're not unaware of the, 
the fact that we're playing for something and which is actually quite useful for us because it means we'll go to the match afterwards. Yeah. So yeah. the gig is the gig's close by. Yeah. You know, so, Makes it easy. So, you're right. Yeah. Uh, and, and I guess uh, yeah, kind of moving that forward a little bit, uh, you know, the club wanted this to happen, but what is, mm. uh, I guess, your kind of relationship with the club in terms of, you know, do they, they allow you obviously to, to be out there They and do they kind of support you in that way or how does that work? Yes, I mean the the club have been amazing to us, and one of I mean one of the things that we me certainly, but I think all of us have been we we learned I suppose is the only way of saying it, is is how how much goes on behind the scenes that you don't really know about, and also how I mean the the staff at the club are, are amazing people. Um, I'm always blown away by how generous they are. They're always got time for you. It's it, from what they're doing. And they, they, I mean, if you imagine that the business must be one of the biggest businesses in the city, right? Mm -hmm. They work so hard and, and, uh, and I can't think of any other job where your, your entire career is not in your own hands. <laughs> so they must spend, you know, the, the backroom staff must spend the whole time during those 90 minutes. Just, I mean, I, certainly the relegation threatened seasons we've had. Yeah. I, I can't think how stressful it must be for those guys. So anyway, I mean to give it, give you an idea. So, so I'm you know massively in awe of most of them. They're just wonderful people. But um, the the thing I, I'm in terms of our relationship. Well, we're not actually. I don't know. I mean, I suppose we've become kind of sanctioned. I, I don't really know how to do it. But it's a partnership. Sure. I um, mean, the same way I suppose, like a, a I don't know, like a shirt partnership is or something. Like that. So we we. We we are you know we don't we don't go and play at Bournemouth or West Ham. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're not going up the road and doing stuff. But we um, but we we are independent. So, uh, I you know we we're not we're not so called you know we're not the mouthpiece of the club. But at the same time, we we feel a real responsibility to to the club. I mean, we're all Southampton people. I'm a you know massive Saints fan. So we yeah. don't want to we don't want to be apart. So it's it's just a very nice relationship and. Yeah. Uh, and we get to, I mean, it, it's been so strong over the last couple of years, uh, well, for the last four years, but especially the last couple of years, they've been really great with us. And so, yeah. I mean, that, that's, that's what we do. <laughs> yeah. It's a, well, I, I can say like, I, you know, I only have seen you via social media, um, mm. but it always, generally the comments underneath are very positive. People enjoy the, the music you guys, the, the atmosphere you guys provide. And, um, I think right. it's always, even though it's, if it's too hot for you guys, it's probably not great, but people tend to enjoy it. I think a little bit more when it is sunny and warm and they can kind of oh, feel yeah. like, you know, they can hang oh, out fine. outside us, us too, us too. rather than just trying to run inside and get out rain. of the rain, you know? Yeah. Right. Um, you're telling the right person then. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, so you mentioned you're, you're a massive saints fan. Uh, you grew up in Southampton. Um, so, I mean, you've been going to games for a long time. Do you have a season ticket as a kid or, or do you... I was trying to work this out. I think, I, I think the first season I went was like, it was either 83, 84, 84, 85. Okay. So, so, um, I was born the same year we won the cup. So I missed that. Okay. And, uh, you were there basically. <laughs> I missed, I missed, I missed the, uh, missed the Kevin Keegan years, but, um, I, I grew up with, I mean, what I vividly remember, I grew up with the kind of Chris Nickel era. Um, the flying forwards, you know, I saw Matt Lattis's debut and Alan Shearer and all those guys. And, and since then it's kind of lived with me and, and yeah, I mean, football's changed so much since I remember it first going home sure. and when I, when I first started going to, so football, the reason you were a Saints fan was, uh, I mean, football in the, in the days before Sky, I suppose, the Premier League was, um, you didn't really have a, that much of a choice. 
I mean, there was there was kids around us who would support Liverpool because they were winning everything, but no one ever took them seriously because why would you? Right. But the um, but yeah, I mean, if you, I went to a school called Cantel, which was um, comprehensive, and uh, yeah, I mean, like everyone in the class is a Saints fan. Yeah. You, that's that's how it happens, and then and then you end up going. So I I first went with a neighbour, and then I went, and then I gradually kind of started. I started going my own. It's got a bit older. And uh, and now I go with with my mum. I go, I used to, you know, go with my mum and my brother. My sister goes as well. And uh, yeah, I mean, I, I you know, I did it all. I, I was there. It's in the noisy bits the whole time. Yeah. Um, back of the Milton, the Archers Road, and and then you know, we moved to when we moved to St Mary's. We, I got season ticket in, in the Northern, so I'm there at the moment. And uh, yeah, it's been fascinating. I mean, I, I, the other thing that I'm I love about Saints is like. Is that it's always has felt, bar maybe one or two seasons recently, it, it has always felt like a community club. Okay. And it's always felt like a club where, where when you turn up, people people are there as much for each other. It's not just like, um, it's, it it doesn't feel to me like like people just want to go and I don't know associate with themselves winning. And we, it'd yeah. be lovely if we did. <laughs> sure. But yeah, it's, it's feel, it feels to me it's, it's more than that, and uh, that's something I've always really enjoyed about the club. Yeah, yeah. Well, that 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 kind of togetherness, I guess, is it's nice to hear yeah, that, sure. that you, um, I guess, have experienced that and that you feel that way because uh, you know my relationship with the club is is maybe different because I'm so far away and so my I live sure. through kind of social media and things like that and and, and other people. So, I mean, sometimes the togetherness is not always there, um, and, mm. and on social media especially. So uh, it's nice to know that that even even. Through the even you said the, maybe not so much the last couple of years, but it's for the most part it's been that way for 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 a long time. So that makes me yeah, because that's well, 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 I, I mean, well, I, one of the things I, I really loved about the club was was when we did have the, the problems with the you know the, the end of the Rupert Lowe era and kind of disastrous experiments in the in the championship with those two Dutch guys and stuff. Um, it was still, I mean, whilst it wasn't nice at times, there was still people looking out for each other and they really cared about the club. It wasn't caring about winning, it was caring about the club. They, mm-hmm. You know, people remember things like Andrew Sermon and, and why he left, you know, because he left to keep the club going, right? Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's, it's stuff like that and it makes a big difference and, and certainly one, one of you know, my favorite seasons was, was this kind of meteoric rise from like League One where we were playing against a team who, you know, I'd only ever seen play in the cup. Yeah. And then, and then the, you know, the euphoria of getting to the Premier League and then the next year we're, we're like challenging well, year after whatever for I mean, bonkers stuff, wasn't it? We got, we got yeah. almost close to Champions League. I mean, man, I'd, I'd, never, I'd never known that in, in my life as a supporter. Okay. That, was, that was the craziest time and I, I enjoyed it so much because of everything else, you know? Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, one last question on, on, on you and Saints Brass and before we mm-hmm. move on to, to talk about uh, the cup, ironically enough. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, a typical match day for you and and the rest of the people in in Saints Brass, and I think you mentioned there's about fourteen of you that that do it. Is that, is so that there's right? 13, 13. 13 in the group, okay. which wasn't deliberate, by the way, but we we get reminded of it every now and again. Okay, all right. Well, <laughs> um, so, so I mean, walk us through a, a typical match day for you and, and everybody else, and just uh, from uh, yeah, just let us know what what kind of you guys go through because I think a lot of us. I, I mean. I, I get right. up, I make coffee, I, I turn the TV on and I right, right, take right. notes, you know, my, that, that's my day. So right. like, what's yours? So, so, um, so we get to the ground three hours before quick kickoff generally. Um, and we all kind of hang out together, make sure everyone's there. Then we go into the stadium 
um, to get ready, which which generally means just making sure that our cases and stuff are out of the way, then layering up. It's a very important part of our life as Saints Brasses. <laughs> I mean, honestly, it, it, we have the most boring discussions about how many thermals we need and those kind of things. Um, and then we'll get the music out and get ready, make sure we're cool. We have this crazy game we play, which I'll, I can reveal to your listeners, which is uh, uh, basically it's like a sweepstakes, the wrong word. We've got a pot of how many tunes we play each match. Okay. Um, so uh, everyone has to put their scores down. So it's like, I think we average between 22 to 23 a match. Okay. So, so, so it might be some days if it's colder, we actually play more because we're playing more. And it, despite being exhausted, you want to get through them to keep warm. Right. So right. Might, you might be trying to say, everyone puts the name there. And we have got like an ongoing one going. And we've actually got a band clicker. There's all these kind of sad things we did. Anyway, um, <laughs> so that happens. Um, occasionally, there's something that might happen within the normal structure of the day. So we might be doing the last post, for instance, for Remembrance Day. So we'll have to take that into account. We'll have a little bit of a debrief or briefing, sorry, not debrief, briefing with, um, with Terry, who's our wonderful chaperone at the ground. She runs the match day entertainment. She's brilliant. Okay. And then, and then we go outside and we go and play for two hours, basically. Jeez. Which, yeah, it, it's, it's kind of hard work. I mean, certainly, generally for gigs, we do maybe two 45-minute sets, uh, a bit like a game, right? Yeah. Um, but for, for this band, we're just out for two hours playing. Um, which is great fun, but again, because there's no resistance, we're all outside. It's a lot of it's a lot of work. Um, yeah, there's often jokes about the first one back. We feel out of shape, feel like you know, it's like pre-season. <laughs> so, so there are some of us who just can't cope. But by the middle of the season, we're all right, we're fit again. But um, so yeah, we we'll do we we'll do two hours, we move around the ground quite a bit. Um, okay, and um, you know, try as much as possible to interact. I mean, if, if fans come over, we make sure we spend you know because we're only there because of the fans. Um, sure. I, have to you know it's it's and as a fan myself if you know if i felt we were doing something that didn't fit i'd be really upset so yeah so yeah and then uh, about five ten minutes before kickoff we go back inside um we're not allowed to play around the box office because it's too loud so we have to stop around that area but that's cool because it means we stop somewhere near the itch and north and they're they're always up for it so that's all cool and yeah. then uh, yeah we go inside i mean we used to go inside the ground a little bit but it, we've stopped doing that now um I think they've got so many things going on, and certainly I don't want to get fried by the flames. So yeah, <laughs> yeah. So just uh, now, now you play outside. You welcome everybody in, and uh, yeah, it's great. It's great. Yeah. And then you and, and, then, the and then you go watch the game. Um, right. Uh, what what types of instruments are in in the band? Uh, you play saxophone. I imagine. Yeah, I play. So there's, there's, we got we got some saxophones, we got some saxes, we have got some trumpets, some trombones. Um, We've got um, this amazing thing called a sousaphone, which is like a tuba, but it curls around the person who wears it. Okay. That's properly heavy and uh, and hard work. So he's he's a bit of a, a legend. Um, and then we got four drummers uh, to get that kind of big carnival style sound. So yeah. And then uh, you mentioned the, uh, the 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 first uh, match back, maybe after after the off season. Yeah. Uh, you played. You did you play today at the FA Cup match for the women? Yeah, we did. Yeah. Are are you in the red zone? Or are you going to be okay by next week? Do you or know we have what? To... By by now we're all cool because okay. we've done so many. It's like is that a thing of like getting match fit? But I will tell you what, when we come back after the summer, after the summer break, and we've been doing, you know, because some of the guys in the band, uh, you know, including myself, we 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 kind of have some nice kind of plush gigs, you know, it's kind of cushy sure. stuff. Some guys are on tour with major artists and stuff, and they come back, and uh, and yeah, so we've all been pampered, and then we come back and we're outside. <laughs> 
between this and this. <laughs> Trust me, you look around and everyone's like, can we just take, you know, a couple more minutes between the tune? Yeah. <laughs> and you're like, no, we got to keep playing. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> It is funny. Yeah, yeah so now I know, uh, you know, how the players feel when we say, why, why'd you stop pressing for two, for two minutes? You right. know? Why'd you stop pressing? Yeah. Why'd you stop? Yeah. yeah I remind them. You know? uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, so, I mean, you guys played the, the FA cup magic and Spurs and then sure. you went inside, you went to your, your season ticket. Um, yeah, well, no, it's not for the, the, the um, cause the was almost taken up by all the away fans. So oh. I was actually in the opposite. Oh, that's right. Yeah. That's right. Uh, is yeah. there a, was there some contention with that? People were not happy with that, I heard. Well, no, I expected it to happen, actually, because it's happened quite a lot before. You know, there's been quite a few of them. It, it was surprising because I didn't, I didn't really expect Spurs to bring so many, but, you know, it's happened a few times before. So that's, I'm not, it's not that contentious. It's just, it's just a bit irritating, that's it. But, you know, those are the rules. And uh, when, when we go away, hopefully we'll get the chance to take up full allocations like that and, uh, yeah. and fill out another away stand. I mean, you know, hopefully... <laughs> That, that's us. So I've got, you know, I've got no problems. Away fans, away fans are great. Generally, um, it's always good to have lots of away fans. Means the stadiums sounds great anyway. And yeah. uh, it's just a shame. Um, it's a shame it's, <laughs> it's in our seats, right? <laughs> but, yeah, for sure. <laughs> um, yeah. So the the, the match itself. Um, yeah. I, I would say, you know, not a bad one to watch. Even though it was only a one-one draw, it it felt like it could have been a lot more, and it felt like the game was exciting all the way through. Yeah. Um, yeah. but, um, I, I guess just to start with the lineup, did you have any, any, any reservations about, about how it all, about how the manager set things out? Or, I mean, it was pretty strong other than it was like basically other than gun, it would have been the, the premier league lineup almost. Well, right. And, and, uh, I mean, to be honest, I was, I mean, it's great. He's still playing four at the back as well. Cause I, I thought with the injuries we had, he might play wing backs or do five, you know, five at the back thing again, but now he went with the four at the back, which was cool. And, uh. No, uh, the only thing I was slightly surprised about was Ben Nardrick, um actually starting because I think he had a bit of a knock, didn't he? Yeah. A couple of games. So, but yeah, great. And and actually, and actually, to be honest, I was pleased to see Gunn getting another go. I mean, McCarthy for me is the number one at the moment. But I thought, you know, it's that, it's, that's exactly where if you want, if you want to help a keeper, you, you give him confidence, right? So put put them in front of a good team and let them let them redeem themselves a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Well, and it helps when we're actually playing defense in front of them too. Um, well, that's with, true. <laughs> with, with, with with ten other guys instead of just nine right. and, and kind of giving up. Right. But you know, that's a right. that, that's a bad day. So we don't have to right. go there. We don't talk about that, you know. Yeah, no, no, uh, because <laughs> that's where uh, that's what Sky and, and everybody else will talk about forever. So we don't have to right. have to mention right. it too much. Yeah. Um, but I mean, overall, in the first half, I thought that that Saints came out and and were were up for it, and they it's yep. for me watching the team it's so nice to see um us come out and kind of impose ourselves on on other teams even a team like spurs who like maybe in my mind it, they're they're better than they are and I, i'm elevating them a little bit but they are top four top six contenders almost each and every year for the for the past few seasons um sure. they have a lot of uh, of uh, talent on that team even if they don't have kane up front right now and sure. And to see us kind of go out and just say, nope, like we're going to force you to play on the counter, which Mourinho, by the way, likes. So maybe we played into their hands a little bit because they did look dangerous. But um, I was really yeah. happy with how, how the team went out and attacked. And I don't know if you kind of saw that from, from your perspective or, or how you felt about it. Uh, it was a very exciting game. I mean, it was a, yeah, to use all the cliches, it was kind of like a proper cup tie because um, both, both teams were played, played good, good football. And um, I mean, in terms of Spurs, I, you know what? I, I no, I don't know if this is like a. Well, first of all, it's weird seeing 
Mourinho play like a false nine thing after he kind of hates on places like Barcelona for doing it. But um, uh, they have like some superb players. Like some some of the players that I, have, I, I thought the Celso was was cracking. Um, Lucas is massively underrated. He's he's always in and about when there's goals. And Son must be. I mean, he's such a good player, and he really saw it yesterday. Yeah. Uh, you know, he's on on. You know, really, really good player, but. Um, yeah, I thought things were great as yesterday. Um, I think the one thing I, I think has changed since that thing we don't talk about a few months ago um, is the, the desire to, to to back each other up, especially with the press. But yeah. um, there seems to be much much greater desire to 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 win fifty fifty fifties or or second ball. You know, like it, it, amount of times like a player will go in for a tackle, kind of half get it, miss it, and then his mate is there to take the ball away. And that's something we were missing quite a lot at the beginning of the season. And so yesterday was great. I mean, was, they were swarming around them. So Saints played great. I was, I was, it was just a bit, one of those days, right? They, yeah. One of those days at the office. Yeah, especially for, for, for Danny Ings, who seems like right. all year, everything he's touched has gone in. And yesterday it just right. would not happen, which, yeah. you know. Uh, yeah. Oh, well, I, watched, I, mean, I watched that header in slow motion. I was, yeah. <laughs> I thought it gone in and I don't know it hasn't done it. Um, and yeah. I, I didn't ask you since you weren't sitting in your normal seat. Where were you? Yeah. Where were you at? Yesterday? I was. I was in the gods in the chapel. Um, yeah. That's so there we are. Okay. <laughs> oh, I, I left it too late to get a ticket, so I was right up the back. But it was cool. Okay. All right. Mm. Well, it's not the. I guess it's not the worst thing ever. Still, no, still on the it. ground, and it's. It was. Yeah, well, right. Was the ground pretty full from from what I saw? It yeah, it was cool. actually. Yeah, it was. There was. There was. Yeah, it was, it was pretty much sold out as far as I could tell. There was only a few seats that weren't gone. Good, good, good. Um, I mean, in terms of uh, people who maybe struggled a little bit more than I would, I would have liked yesterday, um, mm-hmm. maybe Kevin Danzo uh, playing it right back. We haven't seen him play really at center back uh, as of yet, but yeah. uh, I guess that's obviously with the Cedric situation and, and him being uh, injured. Um, yeah. You knew somebody was going to have to come in and play right back, and I'd, I'd probably rather it be Danzo than Ward Prowse maybe. Um just because yeah. I want WordPress in the middle, but uh, Danzo, I thought, I thought was always going to you know, have a tough time, especially if you look at, uh, you know, how, oh, sun's running at him all day, and that, that's not that's right. not that fun. No, and and I think I agree with you. I think, uh, you know, I, I don't I don't like kind of writing off players because I don't I'm not like you know I remember uh, all sorts of players we've had through, um, especially recently. You know, people writing off like Mane or Pella or whoever. Yeah, you know, fall even we fell right, yeah, and. Uh, but um, the thing that I think Dan, I mean, what I'd say is what I mean, you know, <laughs> here's me making comments on on football, like someone who knows football. But <laughs> um, I mean, it's funny because one of the things that I always find is like music is very similar to football in that everyone has an opinion about music, even if they have no idea about music. And here I am being that guy about football, right? I'm going to have an opinion on football, even <laughs> actually, it's changed so much since we you know since I used to play. It's probably you know, all these transitions and stuff. But I'd, I'd say there was a few things that Danzo maybe found a bit challenging. And one of which that was, I think, you know, learning experiences is just the concentration at this level. Because there was a number of times where he was, he, he, you know, he was, his position was wrong. His body, his body shape was wrong. He, he was turning when, he was turning too late. And, or, or he hadn't picked up. So Son was was running in behind him all the time. Yeah. And I think this is a concentration thing. I don't think it's ability. I think it's one of those things which you can coach. Um, and Hassan Hussle's done it for 
for a fair few of them. I mean, if you look at the positioning now, anyway, more Prowse is the obvious, obvious example, but there are others like, like, um, um, you know, Bernarderick, right. Who was always kind of like the second center back who's now got that kind of vision thing down. Hoiberg's changed his game, you know, and, uh, it's nice to see him. Even Shane Long, I think, has changed his game under Hassan Hizil. Yeah. Know, they, they, they all have their same attributes. But so it's. I think there's a. I think a, the lesson for Danzo is like useful, but I don't. I wouldn't write him off because of it. Um, I don't know where he plays. Is the answer. I don't know enough about him. I'm not one of these guys who was like, yeah, we're signing Kevin Danzo. I'll put my hands up and say I'd never heard of Kevin Danzo. Right, it was right. exciting to sign a, It was exciting to sign a defender at the time. So I was like, "We're signing a defender. That's great because <laughs> we needed one." But right. yeah, I mean, I think he needs to he needs to learn about the whole the the speed of the Premier League. Yeah, and, and that was a Premier League game yesterday. And yeah, some, sometimes sometimes there was times when it's not you know you switch off for a second and and then you're you're behind Lucas or you're behind Deli Ali or you're behind Son and you're not and you can either but you, you either take him out, get a red card, give away a penalty, or or you're not catching them. And then you're out of position, and then the centre back's got to come over, and then there's a hole. And that yeah. happened about three or four times in the first half. Yeah, yeah. Right. I, so yeah, I felt, I felt, I, I always feel really bad when I'm writing notes, and I'm just like, this is the same player's name, the first word of every note. It's right. just like, and it's right. never good. And that's not, I don't, I don't enjoy right. that because then it means that we're gonna have to talk about it over and over. And then inevitably, if if we go behind because of that, I'm going to tweet something awful and then I'm going to feel guilty later. <laughs> um, but that's just kind of the way it goes. And, and and there is a line between like saying kind of what you're seeing and, and being yeah. critical when there's the need and just, you know, leveling yeah. abusive people, which I, I don't I don't agree with. But um, and guess what? Guess what? I bet I bet Danzo knows this as well. I mean, there's no, yeah. there's no doubt he understands this. So 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 like, you know, I, I find it always very unhelpful. I mean, it's the same, you know, from a, from a musician's point of view, it's always the same thing. You know, you know if you're playing the wrong note, you know if you're out of tune, you know that. Yeah. <laughs> so it's yeah. not helpful to be told it, right? Right. So, so I always think, I always think there's like, for me, I actually think for, for Danzo, he needs more games like this. Because unless he faces more Sons or Allies or whoever who are turning like that, turning him inside out, he won't learn. Yeah. But the, the issue we've had for, for many months is that it's mission critical in the defense. Right. So, 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 you know, and it's, it's tough. I mean, the Premier League's not an easy competition, right? And no. or, the, or the FA Cup, right? You're always up against tough teams. So. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, and I would say, you know, looking at, at both teams, the, we each had a fullback that was not a fullback that was filling in. And, right. and I thought right. Tanganga struggled at points, but did, if yeah. I had to give, you know, say who did better Danzo or Tanganga, I'd probably say Tanganga just, just edged him out and, he came up big in a couple of moments where Danzo kind of went missing in a couple of moments. And, and that's the difference really between us going through uh, and, and having to play the replay, which, um, you know, I think Hassan Hoodle said you could, could do without. And, and that got a lot of people uh, upset because it's not just uh, some of these teams, uh, the Tranmere would have, would have killed for a replay. Uh, but last time I saw they were down five, nothing at halftime. So, um, right. you know, they, they, right. they would love the replay simply because it means, it means more money and all that stuff for them. And, and they need that. But um, yeah, you know, it, that's just the way it is. But, um, I mean, anybody or any, any big moments in the first half for you that, that stood out as, as being, uh, kind of moments that kind of got you on your feet or, uh, or worried you? Oh, there or? was a few. I, I, I know I was actually really encouraged. I mean, I think, I think apart from that second half flip against Wolves, who, who were a good side. Um, and it was kind of, I write that off as a typical Saints moment. Um, <laughs> apart, apart from that, um, I, I've been really encouraged with the, with the work ethic, the, the, 
the team have. And considering how many games they've played over the last month or two, they're still re- their energy levels are crazy. Um, one of the things that's changed significantly from when I since since I first started watching football is how athletic the players are. Yeah, and just to see them still pressing like all the time, all the time, it's great. Um, I think I think what's been pivotal as well has been the ability for both the center two to be able to kind of get their heads up a bit more. So, yeah. I mean, you know, it's kind of cliche to say Ward Prowse is having a good season, but he really is. He's really having a good season. And uh, yeah, but I mean, the other guys who's been amazing this year is Danny Ings, obviously. Um, and that, that free kick where he, I mean, I watched it again on, on Match of the Day later on. And uh, the way he takes it past the keeper is a genius bit of improvisation. So they can't, the ball comes in too quickly to it. Mm-hmm. So rather than try and nip it over the keeper with a header, he actually chests it past the keeper to beat it. And then does some mad acrobatic thing. If yeah. that had gone in, that was a that was killer piece of improvising. Yeah. It was just, and, and guess who's there to stop it, right? Your man, yeah. an anger. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, yeah, it's... it's uh, yeah, it's, that was such a shame. That would have been a great goal. But, yeah, yeah, oh yeah, and and it it was one of those things where we almost expect him to do it now because he's done it. He scored yeah, so many goals this right. season. Like, get the ball right. to Danny Ings, he'll score goals. And and just seemed like every time right. he got the ball, he got the ball in a position to do it, uh, just either yeah. too much of a touch or not enough of a touch, and it was just like it wasn't happening. But, um, you know, it it it, it happens. We're all gonna have days like that, and that's where the rest of the team has to has to do it. So I thought, I thought Obafeni had a good game as well. I mean, I think again, he's another example of someone who, who now he's played a few games. He, he understands his role a bit more. So it's been, it's been really useful to see how he, how he's adapted, especially playing with Danny Ings. You know, he understands now his role much better and really, you know, another, another good game. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, there were, I guess, you know, Long and, and Ings have seemed to have that partnership that have, have been working or has been working over yeah. the past couple of matches. And then I think, you know, Obafemi has been able to watch that and see these are the yeah. types of things I need to do to make Danny Ings or make the team better, really. And it's not just go out and try to score goals all the time. And even though that's part of it, it's it's go out and, and do some stuff off the ball and, and you know, try to win the headers and, and drop it off to people. So so Ings can get in the space. And I think that's I think that it showed yesterday that for the most part, they came off. There were a couple of times, I think, late on where he was maybe getting a little tired and, and the, the, the things started not to happen as much. But uh, he had a brilliant back mm-hmm. heel for for Redmond to kind of. Uh, let him yeah. run it at some people, which I thought was was fantastic. Yeah, right, right. Um, I, I did want to talk very, very briefly. Uh, Spurs did get the ball in the net uh, early yeah. on after yeah. what I thought was, you know, I thought we would be on, been on top until that point, and, and Spurs looked dangerous on the counter because that's they 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 are they have pace and and that's how they like to play, and or that's how at least uh, that's that's how Mourinho likes to play, and, and our our back four is not the paciest and then having Danzo there instead of Cedric, that's, that's a little bit lack of pace, but um also manages to put it in, but Sons offside, he interferes with the keeper. He actually gets a touch on it. Um, yep. It goes to VAR and, and it gets overturned, which I thought w- was right. Um, we did have a couple yeah. of our decisions that maybe didn't go our way. Uh, people were pretty yeah, upset yeah. about that, but, uh, but yeah. Um, I, I mean, for, for me, I, w- I was in front of that. That was never a goal. It hit, it hit Son. And even if it hadn't hit him, he was stood in front of Gunn. So mm-hmm. it's, it's these, He's an offside position. These, I mean, I'm not, I haven't got my mind made up about VAR yet. Which is a kind of very unVAR thing to say, isn't it? It's either black or white, right? (laughs) (laughs) But um, that, that, you know, the the linesman saw that so early. He knows he was about to give it, but he let it go through because that's the new directive. The guy's offside. He's either offside because he's in front of the goalkeeper obscuring his view, 
or it hit him. It's it's a not a goal. Why yeah. it had to go to VAR, I've no idea. These are the kind of things which, when they when they look at VAR, whenever they're going to look at it, just listen. Why would you have a linesman? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, if it, 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 obviously if they miss something, okay, that's that's slightly different. But that, the guy saw it. It hit it hits on. Yeah. Uh, and I just I just don't I don't understand how that is how that's just not how that's useful for the game because it yeah. slows everything down. Right. And uh, I, I you know that was. Yeah, it's, it's one of those where it's not it's not a millimeter like decision. It's not a, it's no. not it, it's very clear that he was offside. It's very clearly got a touch that just right. needs to go, put the flag up right away. Let's move on instead of right. having to go well, through he, it. I think he probably would have done, but it's just confusion over this rule. Yeah. See, see, my issue with VAR is the issue with the rules, not VAR itself. Yeah. VAR, VAR is VAR is what it is. It's a robot, right? <laughs> it's the rules that govern VAR. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. It's, it yeah. needs to be black and white, or or or. They need to trust the officials. I, I don't quite get yeah. why it was. Yeah. Anyway. Um, oh, uh, man, that's a, that's a whole other podcast. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Let's, let's keep it. Or maybe, maybe like months of podcasts right there. Yeah. If there's anybody out there that wants to do that. VAR, do yeah. It. It's not like we, no one's ever spoken about VAR before. Maybe no. you should do that. <laughs> um, yeah, it's, it's actually one of my favorite things to just like hear how upset some people get talking about it. It's like I, I, yeah. I don't feel the need to bore everybody with it, but some people just get so upset as soon as you bring it up. It's like, well... Now I really want to ask you about it just because I'm, I'm that kind of person. But um, yeah, uh, the, well, it's, it's the thing about VAR, the irony of it is that actually it's created more confusion when it was meant to stop it. Yeah. So it's, it's, kind, of, it's kind of meant to have solved a lot of the problems and it's actually like created all, all sorts of kind of, you know, I suppose, fundamental issues with the rules of football. Sure. You know, the, the offside rule is it's just not fit for purpose at the moment, the way they're doing it. I think I'm not saying the VAR is wrong. I'm saying the rule itself is just... Yeah. It's a joke, right? Yeah, it doesn't. They're not. They're not working together for at all. Right, right. So they need to rethink that. But anyway, that's um, an, yeah. As I said, that's another podcast. Yeah. Uh, Armstrong has to come off injured. Um, I think that's yeah. a that's a bit of a that's a big blow because I think uh, of all of the uh, all of the wide midfielders of all of the kind of wide creative players yeah. we have, he offers the most protection to to the fullback of anybody, um, especially. Yeah playing in front of Danzo in this instance, he's good. You know, we're going to, we were going to miss that a little bit. Um, he's a goal threat. Wow. Yeah. 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 He's been so good Scoring, lately. Man. Um, mm-hmm. that, that the, the goalie scored midweek. Um, brilliant. I had no idea where that ball mm-hmm. was going when he, when he, when he mm-hmm. let loose and it somehow managed, I think mm-hmm. almost hit the side netting on, on that side. It was just wicked. I thought it was awesome. So, um, that made me cheer. I was, it was, it was mid-class when it happened and I, I cheered. Uh, <laughs> I don't care. The kids, the kids understood what was happening. It was fine. Right. Um, right. but, uh, yeah. Um, going in the second half, I mean, zero, zero, I thought it was, was mm. pretty, was pretty even. Um, but the, I guess, I guess Spurs goal, uh, where it mm. came from it, it, they, that's where you see kind of one of those things where it's all of a sudden the press doesn't break down. You see everybody, like you said earlier, everybody trying to back yeah. up and, 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 and bring him down. And I think at, at that point, People had yellow cards. People couldn't do certain things, and you would have just wanted, to, you know, just dive in and bring them down and take the yellow in their in your own half yep. or in their half. But yep. didn't happen. Lacelso did brilliantly. You brought you brought him up earlier, yep. um, yeah. and then it's it's it goes to Lamella and then Son and and he kind of slots at home. But there's the uh, the foul or potential foul on yep. on on Danzo yep. there, and I think this goes back to what we were talking about earlier. Is is Danzo in the wrong spot? Is he already falling down? Does Deli Ali? Well, push him down. Like all of these things kind of come up in my head because I, I don't particularly like Deli Ali, but um, you know, I, I don't know. What was your kind of in, in match kind of reaction to it? Well, I mean, in, in, in the game, I, I was convinced it was a foul, but I, 
I, you know, I don't know. I mean, my 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 mind speak was the same as yours when when they all started missing the the, the you know. Honestly, I think someone should have just stood up and done the you know not professional foul, but that whole thing where you obstruct. It's, they could have just stood up and it wouldn't have been a yellow card. Yeah, I think they were trying to be. They, they, sometimes, um, you know, I think that 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 would have been me partly because I'm slow and useless. I would have just stood up and the guy would have run into me. Yeah, and you'd probably both fall over and get told off, right? But nothing more. Um, and the Celso did so well because of the fact that he'd drawn the, half the team over. But um, I don't know. I I saw the replay. I, I think I think it's difficult to tell. I don't really I don't really know. I, I, for me, it was probably a foul. Um, that said, the finish from Son was was cracking. Um, I know some people said that Gun didn't get down quickly enough and all that kind of thing. But honestly, he, he's he. The thing about Son that impresses me is his accuracy. Whenever he and his coolness, I, he seems to be one of these clinical finishers. One of these guys who can just put the ball where he wants to. He, he doesn't put it through the laces. He just places it every time. And you knew, you knew if you give him that sort of space in front of a goal, he's going to hit a corner. Yeah. So, so yeah. I mean, you know, some, sometimes you just have to say it was a good finish, right? Yeah. Um, which it was, but just just a little bit irritating. I, if they'd given the foul against Danzo, I wouldn't have thought we were lucky. Does yeah. It, does it, that make sense? Yeah. So, well, and and you also because if Danzo is in the right position and doesn't get fouled, yeah. then I mean, one one of the things that doesn't irritate me about this is like. Why wait for VAR if you think it's a foul? Mm-hmm. This, this, I don't understand that. So, so if, if it's a foul anywhere else on the pitch, you'd probably give it as the referee. Mm-hmm. But why wait for VAR if you, if you think it's a foul? That's, that's, you know, that's your decision. And then ultimately, if, if, if he was going to, if the VAR thing was happening, he might have had to have a look at it anyway and made the decision anyway. So, yeah. you know, I say to the ref, trust your instincts. Yeah. yeah well, VAR, I- is there to, VAR is there to correct, right? It's not there to... To act as another referee. Yeah, and I think sometimes the depending on the referee, depending on how experienced they are and who the who the VAR mm-hmm. official is, that that plays yeah. into it a little bit too. You know. Yeah, um, I'm sure. But yeah, it just I don't know. I because if if Danzo doesn't get fouled and he's in the right position, he cuts yeah. down on Son's angle. You know. Yeah. Um, and yeah, Gunn yeah. doesn't have to protect yeah. as much of the goal, and then right. And and then the 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 likelihood of that shot going in, it's still still you know Son's still gonna have a decent chance because he's he's Son and he's 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 gonna he's gonna try to fashion that that's what he what's, what he's there to do. But um, yeah. the the likelihood I guess the the XG on that goes way down if there's a defender standing in front of him. Like that's just that's sure. that's sure, how it sure. works. But um, but at that point I was uh I was quite pleased with how the team responded because they didn't just lay down they didn't they didn't stop going at it they they the substitutions we made. Uh, the eventual yeah, yeah. kind of formation shift and everything else. Uh, I was really, really happy mm-hmm, with, with mm-hmm. how Hassan Hoodle had the team going about it. And uh, I think I tweeted that there's, there's no way you could deny that, that we weren't having a, a real go at this game and trying to get back into it. Sure. Sure. I agree. And, and it was nice to watch actually. Um, it's, it's nice to see um, exciting, exciting football. Um, I was just, uh, to be honest, I was especially impressed by Birch, um, not Birch and um, Redmond yesterday. Okay. I thought he was really, really positive. Um, and certainly, once, um, once, once he'd been given a bit more freedom uh, on the right hand side, it, he he was a real threat mm-hmm. um, and and unlucky to kind of. I mean, he was the guy who put it on Danny Ings's head yeah. when <laughs> for that for that chance that, that he missed. It's one of those ones where, like, you know, ninety nine times out of hundred, Danny Ings buries that right. Yeah, just unfortunate. But yeah, I, th- I thought Redmond was, um, you know, it's nice to see 
positivity in a, in a Saints wine person. That's yeah. great. Yeah, cause, yeah, absolutely. It's it's one of those things I, I I love watching Redmond when he's full of confidence and he hasn't quite right. hit that this year. And whereas last uh, season, but it's he, coming, isn't it? Yeah, it feels it, like it's coming. Right, it's coming on the past couple of matches, and and right. he looked up for it, man. It, it was it was it was like yeah. you said, it was wonderful to watch. Um, yeah, and then uh, Buffal finally gets a goal. I think it's been two years right. or so. I think the last time he scored for us was against Spurs, and um, yeah. to that move that they they could have potentially argued for a foul, but I don't think there was anything there. Maybe that's because I'm a Saints yeah. fan or whatever, but we won the ball yeah, back. Yeah. Um, Ings I gets it. Know. I think a good ball through from Hoiberg to Ings. And then that's a nice ball. That, yeah. 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 And the, the, the pullback to, to yeah. Buffal who uh, I forget who was on the pitch right in front of him, who almost looked like they were going to go for it. And maybe it was Adams. And then Buffal kind of runs onto it yeah, and just yeah. brilliant. Yeah. And uh, at that point it was like, we deserve that. I think, I think 100%. Uh, we we, totally we had to get at least a, a replay. Nice goal, and and uh, yeah, funnily enough, the last time I sat in the chapel was that League Cup match against it was Sunderland, where Blue Fowl scored that incredible goal where he took it down and mm-hmm. out of nowhere and killed it into the top corner. That was one of the worst matches I'd ever seen. And, yeah. <laughs> and Blue Fowl kind of just put this thing in. I sat with my mum and we were like freezing cold, and uh, yeah, I was just like, this, I'm not enjoying this experience. And then, then there's that. And then, uh, and then, and then he did that. So, so Buffett, he's one of those players, isn't he? I mean, we've had them, we've always had them at Saints. We've always had them. Uh, and again, you know, you can get cross about things, or, you know, whatever. But um, you know, they produce the goods every now and again, and they can be infuriating. But I mean, me, I'm a, I'm a complete romantic about football. I, lo- I love the cup. The cup is the cup is the one for me, man, because you know we if we if we're ever lucky enough to get back into Europe great but for me if we can win some silverware or something like that it, that's that's just wonderful and I love the idea that you can it's a great leveler and I know these are all cliches but it's true and that that one moment you know there we are it gives us hope again to keep going and who knows who knows yeah. where it goes next right yeah, yeah. And, and, yeah hopefully it gives the players confidence as well because I think you know when, when, you, when you're when you're one nil down against a team full of, you know, amazing internationals mm-hmm. and you know, you can bring it back, you can bring it back to them and, and win or win, sorry, draw. <laughs> but yeah. It felt, it felt great. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. It's, you, you look at both teams yesterday, you look, you realize both managers have really kind of gone for it and sure it to, to play the match all the way through like that in, in the manner that we went about it. I, I, I think the, the, the draw is a fair result. The, the fact that we have a replay, maybe, it's not the best of timing or best timing for the, for the team, but it's probably what's deserved. And and I think if we get another yeah. match like that, I don't think anybody will complain because it's, yeah. it, it's been, it, it was a fun one to watch. Something, something that I, I felt that, that should be, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Commended is, is how well the, the, the Hassan Hittel manages, uh, how much better he's, he's become in game management. Definitely. Mm-hmm. That's a, a phrase, but like, the whole idea, like he, he's he's been much better at spotting stuff, and certainly the the, uh, the way in which uh, he he uses substitutions has been really interesting. And um, yeah, I mean, I, you know, I think I think quite often it gets overlooked, like the consistency of those kind of things. And yeah, it's been it's been good recently. Yeah, especially he was under a lot of criticism early on for or earlier yeah. this season for for the way things were. We're going for uh, yeah. both substitutions that were too late and, and the, the way yeah. the team was set up to start. And I think he got it all. I mean, when I saw the formation change yesterday, 
Um, yeah. I thought it was, I, I thought that this is, this is it. Like he's, he's really, he's putting on all his daggers and, and we're just, yeah. you know, and, and to see that, I thought it was, I thought it was great. I mean, obviously we, we, we do get to move on. Uh, mm-hmm. The replay will be in a couple of weeks and yeah, um, yeah it, 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 I think, like I said, I think if, if Saints go out and play that match the, the way they did yesterday, uh, the, the result will, will, the results will take care of themselves. Even if you don't, if you don't win everyone like that, that's it. But, well, right. Yeah. And, and you know what, I, I, for me, Listen, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not stupid. Saints. Saints ain't going to win the league this year. I've. I've already. So. So my kids have asked me when they can get a dog, and I said if Saints win the league, they can have two each. Smart. So, you know, right? Um, but um, by the way, we got a cat. That's why. So just. Not, I'm not a dog hater. I just. <laughs> we need. We need solutions right now. But yeah. um, <laughs> you know, for me, for, for me, I, it's. I think. I think what what I want is is to know that. That they're giving it a real go. That they try and play. You say, I mean, all these things sound like football cliches. They try and play the white right way. They're trying to be ex- exciting, attacking. This is why, you know, my, my favorite players are always the ones who who have that kind of Saints commitment. You know, they're not always the best players. They're not always the ones that. I mean, apart from Matt, that is obviously who's obviously the god. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, I mean, I, I you know, I remember fondly some of the players who. I mean, like, you know, Saints fans love Franz Finale, not because of the goal he scored, but because of the commitment he showed, because of the, he, he would never give up, you know. And uh, and there's others as well, I mean, you know, throughout the years. And I think this team is beginning to understand that, 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 that that's, that's what's needed, is that kind of, the kind of, that kind of attitude. I suppose it's, an, it's a culture thing, right? Yeah. And if they take that into any game, I don't mind. I, you know, I, I think, I, and I also think, and this is where, you know, I'm going to, sh- this is totally jinxing them, but I think we'll be okay if we do that. Because I think if you go into every game thinking we'll give it a go, it's better than than kind of saying, "Oh, how do we manage the game?" I, I, I just think those kind of things are they're nonsense. You need to, you need to be positive. You need to believe in yourselves. You need to go for it. And uh, sometimes you're going to get beaten by a better side, right? Yeah. But sometimes you might sometimes you might fluke a win, which is what I'm hoping will happen next Saturday. Obviously, like every other Saints player, yeah, uh, Saints Saints fan, but you know. Um, well, uh, all of my uh, all of my Arsenal friends will are really hoping we can do it because they don't want Liverpool to go undefeated, and it's like no, I would love right. to have them owe me something. Uh, that would be great. I don't think I don't think any any sane person wants that. So, yeah. You know. Well, <laughs> luckily I can I can just turn Twitter off. I don't have to hear about it a lot. But you guys right. in England are probably oh, uh, tell, tell there's it. no avoiding it. Um, but the, the the horrible thing for me is I grew up in that era with the with the uh, you know that kind of Liverpool team who. Mm-hmm. He won everything, yeah. and uh, so I did have to put up with these kids who who couldn't, you know, couldn't even spell Liverpool, saying, "Oh yeah, Liverpool better team than Southampton." And I'm just like, "Yeah, I know that, but why? Why do you care?" <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> you know, Thank, thanks. You know, right. Good, good for you, right? And you know, reds are different colours and blue, right? Good for you. Right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I read part of the uh, part 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 of the way through the mixer, and uh, yeah. it's you know there are parts about the Liverpool team and. Uh, yeah, yeah. It, it's all come back to me uh, because it's it's one of those <laughs> things that I, I grew up in, and football was not a big part of my life. But you you heard about the the bigger things, and I, I knew who Liverpool yeah. were, I knew who Manchester United were, uh, had yeah. no idea Southampton was a place or a city or or uh, had a football team or anything. Um, and and then you know not, now we're here, so that's right. It is. It is what it is. So um, we have a couple of questions, and yep. some of them revolve uh, around around selection so we'll just go there first yep. so to, to instagram sure. uh kevin millard who's at millard 505 and rob maddox um both have been on the show 
Um, yeah. Kevin is uh, is one of the patrons of the show, and he gets priority for having his questions answered. But both of them ask, uh, if Armstrong is out for one or two games, who should uh, start? Should it be Janebo or Buffal uh, to come in and replace him? So if you could pick, uh, would it be either one of those guys, or would you go with a slightly different formation, or what would you do? I'm, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do that thing and just like totally dodge the question and say I hope Armstrong isn't out one or two games I, I, I don't know I don't want I don't know what the nature of the injury is if it's I mean if it is muscular then then we are in trouble because I do think he's been a really good link man um but I'm hoping that it's, he, he took a knock and they're just being careful is what I'm hoping um I think uh, again sorry to be so vanilla about this I think Gineppo and Buffal offer different things um Buffal sits a bit deeper and comes forward Gineppo's on the edge um and they're not they're not Armstrong it's like comparing Chalk and cheese, right? So, yeah. uh, I don't know. I, I, I think. I mean, I do think it's a blow if we lose Armstrong. He's been playing great at the moment, so that, yeah. that's kind of my view. <laughs> Sorry. I yeah. know. No, you're fine. Uh, I, yeah. I, I do think that either one of those guys, given the the role Armstrong has played right now, will be yeah. less. The team will look less good with those guys out there from the start. Um, I think both of those well, guys well, coming very, on. very different. It will be yeah. very different. Yeah, yeah, I think I mean, that's, the, that's the, high, the high energy thing is 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 a Armstrong thing. Yeah. So, so yeah. Um, and, and and I just think that um, you know, some of the defensive cover that we we would need, especially if uh, if we're going to be without Cedric for a couple of matches, I think that that could be mm. uh, a real area where we're going to need to be uh, yeah, I agree, real strong. So that would be my only thing. Um, I'd mm. probably start Buffal though if I just had to pick between the two, simply because I think Janepo coming on. Um, just there's a lot there's a lot going on when he's running at people and he doesn't <laughs> he doesn't seem to quite kind of I don't know he doesn't have any fear which is great but he also sometimes gets himself stuck too far forward I mean when he was playing at left wing back there for for a yeah. couple of matches he was he was constantly out of position and, and Vestergaard looked terrible at that point and I think part of it was uh, the lack of cover and stuff like that but that that would be my only my only hesitation and probably why I would go for Buffal but like you said I hope uh, I hope he's not out uh, for, mm-hmm. for very long um, James Willis, who's at James Willis eighty six from Twitter, says, uh, "Can we crowdfund uh, to buy Moose Janepo some some shin pads that actually stay in the socks? Like, would you guys be up for putting out a bucket uh, when Man, you guys it, are playing?" Listen, I, I want to. This is a message to Moose Janepo. Moose, if you, if you want some money for some shin pads, just let us know. We can we can even get some gaffer tape or something for you as well. <laughs> that, that was very funny. The best bit was uh, I don't know if, I don't know if you spotted it on on this on the telly. James Hall Prowse picked them up once for him and he picked them up like a dad. He kind of, you know, you could see him going over to him and going, if this happens again, you're in big trouble. You could see him pick up his shin pad. It's just, it's just funny. There, uh, yeah. So they're yeah, supposed yeah, to be taped down. They're supposed to be taped down. Like, taped yeah, well, down there. I mean, whatever. I mean, you know, come on, dude, you know, get, get this sorted. This, this is like an easy thing to sort, right? Yeah. <laughs> they're, more, they're more difficult challenges in the world of football. Than yeah. Sorting out your shin pads, right? Yeah, and and it's not like he's wearing his socks like uh, Jack Grealish. Thank goodness. Right, uh-huh. right, well, right. But anyway, um, we have one from Saints Food Fighter who's also on Twitter. Uh, yeah. If you had to pick a Saints Player of the Year so far, uh, who would it be and why? Says he's got a few candidates: Prowsey, uh, Ings, yeah. uh, Jack would all be his top contenders. All have made comeback and progressed rapidly under King Ralph. Um, so if you had to if you had to pick somebody, who would it be right right now? Oh man, it's, it's it's a no-brainer. There's a guy who scored two goals at Fratton Park. It's Danny Ings. Yeah. That's 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 it. And who celebrated in front of them? And, and, and you know, he yeah. he wins. He wins. He wins on all levels. But that was the kind of icing on the cake. Um, yeah. But but I must say, this year is, is is great to have a lot of good positive competition. And um, yeah, I mean, you know, 
I, I think Bernardo has been massively underrated as well. I think he's, he's had a good, he's had a good season as well. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's nice. It's a nice problem to have. Shane Long, when he's, when he's been on the pitch, has played well, mm-hmm. you know, he's uh, not, he's not scored as much as he could have done, but he's, he's been a nuisance. Um, but yeah. Yeah. I think, but, but, sorry. I, I think one of the things about this season is it's been so much more of a team thing. I think Redmond won player yeah. of the year a couple of seasons ago and yeah, there yeah. was no contest because there was nobody else. And right. Right. And and I'm I'm glad to see that we have so many players and, and the team right. itself has just kind of raised its level that uh, right. all of a sudden we have a lot of guys like that are being put in positions to succeed and be successful. And I think that's I think that's a, right. a lot to say about Ralph and, and, and the whole team as a, as a whole. Right. I must say, we, I mean, we were lucky enough to meet Ralph and I've met him a couple of times. One of the, one of the things that really strikes me about him is he's he's not really interested in the ego. He doesn't really care about this whole, you know, he doesn't, he doesn't seem to be a person who's particularly um, what's the word? Uh, impressed by or flattered by fame or anything like that. He okay. just <clears throat> he wants to find out about you, right? And he's really interested in everyone. I, I I heard a story that when he first got to the club, the first thing he did is he went around to all the backroom staff, met them all, and learned their names, right? And this includes everyone from the people in the box office to like I don't know the guys who serve the dinners, right? Yeah. And, and that's to me is that someone who who knows that everyone working together makes a big difference. It's not like superstar stuff. And one of the things that I find a bit unsettling is how we're obsessed with like superstar footballers nowadays. So, you know, it's, it's like you have a name and you have a team rather than a team. Yeah. Because the thing is, is with, that, with just one person, that, that one person playing by themselves, they need the rest of them there, right? And I right. think Aston Hussle's really kind of instilled that in them a little bit, you know? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, we got a question from somebody we don't normally get a question from, so I'm very happy about this, but they ask, how handsome is Carl Anker? Right. Well, that, that's a good question. How handsome is Carl Anker? I mean, if, if that was Carl Anker asking that question, that would be a really worrying question to be asking. That's what I'd, that's the only point I'd make, you know, <laughs> you know, nar- narcissism isn't a good look, but, um, I must say, you know, having, having hung out with Carl Anker a couple of times, Carl Anker is, you know, he is. And I'm just going to say that he he's is. got a new haircut. So yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't think it'd be unfair to c- compare Carl Anker to to Carl uh, Anker. That's yeah, that's all those kind of things. <laughs> <laughs> Next time I see him, we, I'm going to I'll make sure we we have a chat about. Uh, you know, maybe he's feeling bad. I don't know. Maybe I've got the wrong end of the stick. Maybe he's, maybe he needs some love. Carl, you're, you're a good-looking guy. Yeah. Okay. No, I think. Uh... You know, I, I watch the Instagram story. I think it's good. I think, I think yeah. it's fine. I mean, so, so, I, I certainly, I'll, I'll go as far as saying he's the best looking, the athletic reporter for Southampton. Yeah. That's what absolutely. I'd say. Absolutely. Yeah. Turtleneck or not, it's, he's there. Um, right. So anyway, uh, Dan, I just want to say thank you. Um, hey, I have, welcome, man. I've enjoyed this so much and, and learning uh, about you and Saints Brass and, and all of that stuff and just talking about the game. It's been, it's been wonderful to, to be able to do this and, uh, and I hope you have enjoyed it. Um, Very people, much. Thank you. Yeah. If people want to get in touch with you, they can do that at Saints Brass across all the social media platforms yeah. or at SaintsBrass.com. Um, yeah. But yeah, man, I just want to say thanks again and, and uh, hopefully we'll, uh, we'll do this again at some point in the future. You're welcome. And can I just say a big thank you to you, Matt, and also to all the fans who have been just amazing to us over the last few years. Thank you so much for all the support. We never thought we'd be here after two games of that known four years. So thanks. Thanks to the fans. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Uh, if you want to, to see them, I think uh, I don't know when our next home match is because I'm not I'm not far in the 
I think do you have well, your schedule up? When are you guys going to be out there again? Oh, we'll be out there. The next the next home game is not for a bit. It's against Burnley, I think, on the fifteenth of February. So okay. uh, we'll be we'll be out there. It's a early kickoff, I think. I think it's at twelve thirty. So we'll be out there from about I don't know ten thirty, eleven onwards. Ooh. And hopefully it'll be nice weather. Yeah. Nice thermals. See what that's the only thing I care about. Four thirty a.m. kickoff for me. I'm just looking at it now. That's all right. I got to get mentally prepared that is for early. that one. Yeah. yeah be rough but anyway um well thank you so much dan and uh i look forward to to talking to you again and uh yeah i appreciate it amazing thanks man and that does it for this week's episode of the southampton delivery podcast thank you so much for joining us i hope you've enjoyed it Special thanks this week goes out to my guest, Dan, from Saints Brass. You can find him on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And not just him, but the whole crew at Saints Brass on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. You can also get more from them by heading over to saintsbrass.com. That's where I got the song you're listening to right now. Uh, You, too, can be the owner of this song or or the the possessor of the MP3 of this song. And we'll say owner, uh, because this is Saints Brass. Playing to win the Saints. And uh, just listen to that. argue with that so make sure to uh, give them a round of applause if you see a bucket out in front of them just drop a coin in it that way we can get Musa Janapo some shin pads that stay put the show would not be possible without the partners of the show Matt Beeling who runs the We Are Southampton page on Instagram does the logo for the show and the Southampton page on Twitter Instagram and Facebook they are the official partner of the show and they will keep you up to date with everything going on both in game and midweek uh, that's the spot to go to stay up to date with all of your Southampton FC news and needs. If you want to follow this show on social media, you can do that. We're at SFC D-E-L-L underscore I-V-E-R-Y on Twitter and Instagram. We're also on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash SFC delivery. Uh, you can go to the website, SouthamptonDelivery.com, and there you can find links to subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, Acast, Google Play, TuneIn Radio, or wherever else you listen to podcasts. You can also just search for the show uh, wherever it is you already listen and click subscribe. Uh, that will work as well. If you're really enjoying the show and would like to further support it, you can leave a review on iTunes or you can head on over to patreon.com forward slash SFC delivery. And there you can sign up to be a patron of the show. You get access to a private members only chat priority for having your questions answered on the show each and every week and $5 a month. Patrons get an extra podcast episode per month. So lots of stuff coming uh, if you enjoy it. And, and if not, just share it with a friend. I really do appreciate that. Most weeks, all music for the show comes courtesy of the Free Music Archive at freemusicarchive.org. The intro song is always Epic Song by Boxcat Games, and the end of show credits that you normally listen to is Aim is True by Pottington Bear. But this week, as I mentioned earlier, this is A Win the Saints by Saints Brass. Special thanks to them for doing the recording and to Dan for coming on the show. Look forward to having him back on in the future. So uh, I think that about does it for this week. We will be back uh, next week. Of course, after our trip to Anfield. And if you're a subscriber to the newsletter, I will talk to you on Friday. So uh, thanks for listening. And uh, until next time, remember that together, we march on. Hold on, I'm going to yell at my kids. Apparently it's breakfast time.